So you can get all the new hot features available for you. It's Go Go Radio Live. Yo, man, don't treat you right. Let me treat you back. And don't touch that body. Let me eat you back. Yo, man, I in tune. You should skate back. We got that type of shit that make them want to hate back. Just keep it real with me, girl. I swear. That thing clap when you walk. I swear. Pretty smile and you know you got them pretty toes Always in your lane and you don't roll with Hey you guys, it's me, your favorite Pure Romance consultant, Pure Romance by Esther. Make sure you guys check out my website at www.pureromance.com slash E-S-T-H-E-R. And also, make sure you guys tune in each and every Wednesday to Party Mode Live, because guess what? During the Bedroom Talk segment, I will be giving out a special code for you guys to get a special discount when you shop with me. So make sure you guys are tuning in each and every Wednesday to Party Mode Live, the party before the party. I'm your girl, Justice J, also known as Pure Romance by Esther. DJ Rick Entertainment. Big sound, professional equipment, competitive pricing. Who else you gonna go with? DJ Rick can handle all your live sound needs at any event in the DMV. Large or small, indoors, outdoors, weddings, barbecues, and even your friendly neighborhood protests. You need an experienced and professional sound man? Call DJ Rick Entertainment, 202-749-7903. That's 202-749-7903. Wait, wait a minute. I know what you're thinking. Man, DJ Rick got my event sounding so good. How can I live stream it on the internet? Well, guess what? DJ Rick offers live streaming services too. So you can Facebook and YouTube your event worldwide with full audio fidelity. Call DJ Rick Entertainment, 202-749-7903. Or send them an email, djrick4321 at gmail.com. That's djric4321 at gmail.com. Big Sal at competitive pricing. And now live streaming, DJ Rick Entertainment. Who else you gonna go with? Without further ado, you guys, we are bringing on to Party Mode Lab, the legendary DJ Cool, y'all. What up, DJ? You hear these young whippersnappers, man. Hey, man, God, God bless. <laughs> I'm glad, glad that I've been long enough and made music that has lasted long enough for them. 
Yeah, before the connection went bad, we were saying, how did you actually get your start? Um, Just like I said, I started as a DJ in 1978. Are we still having these little echo issues? I don't hear an echo right now. Okay, good. I mean, I can hear it on my side, but as long as it's good going over the air, then okay. Um, I started with a mobile DJ company called The Sound Service, and uh, a guy named Ashton Gilles, who owned that company. Um, I worked with him for a year. And we used to do a lot of big events, uh, especially up at Howard University, because he was a, a dental student uh, at Howard University at the time. So we would do stuff like the president's picnic and all the big parties on the yard and all that other kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, a guy named Keith Jefferson came up to me and he said, cool, you're good enough to be playing in club. He said, I work at a, at the Paragon team, which used to be a club uh, in Georgetown on Wisconsin Avenue, on Upper Wisconsin Avenue. And uh, yes, I, I see you, DJ Rick, that's what's up. <laughs> so uh, he, said, he said, man, you need to go up there and get that spot because I'm getting ready to leave. So uh, I went up there. Got the job, and I worked at, the, and that was 1979. So I worked at the Paragon Two from 79 to 82. The Paragon Two closed in 1982. Uh, the guy who became my mentor, who is um, the guy that I pattern my DJ style off of, a guy named Arthur Maniac McLeod. Remember, let's let's take his government out there, Maniac McLeod. Okay. Um. Back then, in the let's say mid seventies, it was him, and then it was everybody else. And so um, he called me in '82. He said, "Cool." He said, "Look, I'm getting ready to go to the IBEX." He said, "You need to come town, come town to the room and take this job." He said, "Because you're the only DJ that can handle this club." He said, "I heard about what you've been doing up there in Paragon." I went down to the room. I got that job. I started there in December 1982. I worked there from 82 to 86, six nights a week by myself. Uh, Tuesday through Thursday and Sunday, I played from 9 to 2. Fridays and Saturdays, I played from 9 to 6 in the morning. Mm. So, trans so transitioning to from, from the clubs to the, to the hip hop scene, to the music business, so you didn't have a team? At this point, you was moving solo. That is amazing. Because you can't do nothing these days without almost a, 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 I would stand a whole star and, time. You hear me? I stand up and give you a standing ovation, but I don't want my gut in the camera. Hey, if y'all want... Hey. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to go there. But we love you just the way you are. All right? How about that? Um... I'm going to just give you this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, I'm going to just give you this one. I'm going to stay seated. Yes. Thank you. My heart is standing. I'm standing now. <laughs> the transition came in 1986. Uh, there was a guy named Deke Berry who used to be an independent record promoter. Uh, DJ Rick, I don't know if you remember these guys that used to come around the clubs and used to give people all the records. They used to work yep. uh, for all these different record labels. Yep. And they would get records and bring them to all the DJs to break the records. You know what I mean? Yep. So um, once again, I was working at the room at the time. And he came down there and he said, cool. Um, he said, I have a group. And No, he asked me had I ever thought about going into the studio. I said, well, 
Yeah, you know, I'm using DJing as a stepping, I would like to use DJing as a stepping stone to becoming an artist. Like I had this plan, you know what I mean? So he said, all right, I'm going to bring you in the studio because I want you to do a mix on this group that I got. It was an R&B group called Zero Hour. So uh, we're in the studio and I'm working on the mix and everything with the, um, with the mix engineer. And uh, while I was in there, he said, man, you ever thought about making records? I said, yeah. So then uh, he said, well, all right, well, next time we come to the studio, you know, just have your stuff together, man. Let's see what you got. So I went home that night. I was real hyped, had a crazy dream, and dreamt up the song. The music ain't loud enough. I dreamt up every lyric. I dreamt up every sample. Uh, 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 the beat that I used for the bed of the song was a beat from a record by EU called The Cabbage Patch. And so if you hear the, you hear the record of Cabbage Patch by EU when it first come on, I sampled that first two bars of that beat and built the song off of the Cabbage Patch by EU. And that was the first single, 1986, Music Ain't Loud Enough, Pump Up the Body. So that was the way I made the transition from becoming a club DJ to becoming an artist. And, and when, you was, when you was doing the DJing in the club six nights, seven nights a week, you were still, in your, you were still a teenager, right? Uh, very early 20s. I started, I don't know, I must have been maybe 21, 22, something like that. Right. I'll be, did, let's put you... it this way. I'm sorry. I'll be 63 this Saturday. <laughs> okay. How did, how did your parents feel about that? Huh? How did your parents feel about that? Um, well, after I started making records and, and all of them was popping off, my mother, God rest her soul, she would always say, when you when you going to do another record? When you going to do another record? <laughs> all the time. You're like my biggest fan. And so I just kept on dropping these records back to back. The, the, the difference, the difference from the difference back then, Bishop. We got to go in the clubs. We got to go in the clubs. I'm just gonna put it like that. We wasn't <laughs> old enough, but we got to go into the clubs back then. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> let me ask you a question: the the music business now versus the music bi business back then. What it has it changed a lot or has it not changed? It has taken a completely different turn. It's it's on some whole other stuff right now. I'm not crazy about it at all. Uh a lot of these artists that you see, uh especially the ones that you see like on the Grammys and all this old kind of stuff, uh they found to these major record labels using what they call 360 deals. Mm. Meaning that your label gets a piece of everything that you do. They get a, especially your show money. They get a piece of your show money. The era that I came up, you don't get none of that. You don't get none of that. They you get, get a, a piece commercial, of your that, money. Right? I'm sorry? You, you, you do a commercial, they get some of that money. They get some of everything. It's a three. That's why they, I'm sorry, not not to uh, uh, make you sound like you're ignorant or anything like that, but that's why they call it a 360 deal. You know what I mean? You get they get a piece of everything that you do. In my era, the only monies that they had uh, uh, any type of access to is whatever uh, situation you came up with between yourself and the label as far as your publishing is concerned. Now, a lot of them back then, because of the ignorance of a lot of artists that didn't have their business straight back then, they would 
take all of your publishing because these artists, a lot of them was teenagers. Let's put it this way. LL Cool J was 15 years old when he came out with, um, with his first single, when he first signed with Def Jam. He was 15. He didn't know nothing about no music contracts and this and that. He know nothing about having no, uh, more than likely, didn't know anything about having uh, a business manager or entertainment lawyer and how important that is. He didn't know anything about the importance of publishing and the fact that if you put a record out and you own all of your publishing or, 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 or a very good percentage of your publishing, this is uh, 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 the stuff that you're going to eat off for the rest of your life. They didn't know anything about that. So a lot of artists, I mean, you probably hear this all the time, but a lot of artists from the era that I came from, the 80s and the 90s, they got beat real bad. In the beginning, it was crazy for me. I did not get any royalties from any of my records from, let's say, Music Ain't Loud Enough, all, which was, 80, once again, 86, all the way up to, I didn't start getting royalties for my records until 1994. Which was twenty minute when that uh, when twenty minute workout came out. Mm. Yeah, Puffy Puffy was a shock. He was taking all his people's publishing and what happened. Well, he story. learned from the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, Drake, you I know Drake got a three sixty deal, and he do oh. movies, TV shows. I said Drake, he do mm -hmm. movies, TV shows, Sprite commercials. All types of stuff, and he got a 360 deal. Yes, and once again, somebody's getting a little piece of all of that. But see, just like I said, the fact that they can get into your show money, the money you make on the road, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the way that we really make the majority of our real money yeah. is on the road, like when we tour and stuff like that. That's us. That's between us and... The only people that's really supposed to get any parts of your show money, if anything, would be your booking agent, 10 to 15%, and your business manager, 10 to 15%. I have one in the same uh, in Walt Reader Jr. I've been with him since 1990, well, 96. And so he gets 25% of my show money, but that's 15% that's, uh, uh, for management and 10% for booking. Yeah, it's a lot of there's a lot of people don't know. So I was gonna ask, what what advice can you give to the young artists out here? But that was that was a lot in itself. So first, first and foremost, you need to make sure that your spiritual base is strong. Whatever entity you believe in, because the music industry is the dirtiest. It's probably the second dirtiest industry that you can get into besides boxing. When you're in the music industry, you ain't dealing with nothing but a bunch of devils, snakes, and dogs. And the reason why is because you, you're a commodity. You being the artist, you're a commodity. You're making millions and millions. Okay, you, you mentioned the name Drake, right? Look how much money this cat is bringing in. Yeah. You see? So you want to you wanna put yourself in a position where you can get a piece of that. You can just sit back in the office you know, and 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 uh, and get a piece of that. So first of all, get your spiritual base straight. Number one, number two, on the business side of things, make sure you get a good business manager and a good entertainment lawyer. Now I know that sounds easy, but these people are going to be very very hard to come by. 
What I mean by that is an honest one. I was about to say honesty. Yeah. Honest, an honest one, and one that is knowledgeable of this industry. So therefore, do not have your mother or your father, you know what I mean, or your cousin or your uncle or your aunt, none of them, you know what I mean? Because if they can't read a music industry contract and explain it to you in layman's terms, then you don't need, they, they need not have anything to do. They need not, uh, uh, once again, have anything to do with handling any of your business, right? Because they're going to get everybody screwed up. And then y'all going to be looking at one another. Everybody pissed off at one, one another, want to, you know, blow each other's brains out. You messed up. No, you messed up. No, you know, come on now. It's your fault because you didn't pick a reputable person to handle your business affairs for you. And this is, if I may quote LL Cool J by saying, this is the music business. And the word business is bigger than the word music in that phrase. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. You have uh, so much, so much knowledge to give us and your track record just goes back so long. And I like the fact that you didn't get on the show today and tell people, oh, well, do your research. Oh, Google me. Oh, look me up. Because that is one of the things that I encounter with a lot of people that I'm trying to, you know, we me and Bishop are both in GoGo, -Go, and then we're both artists as well. So, you know, we try to ask questions because we're trying to get the knowledge. One of the things that I hate the most is when people say, oh, do your research. I'm doing my research. I came to you. So for you to give us these nuggets, I appreciate you. And I hope everybody listening appreciates you, all of our listeners and everything. Um, go ahead and give us your shout outs, any shout outs that you want to give out before we let you go, because we do have to go and take our music break so DJ Rick can go ahead and I ain't taking no music break. I'm still listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to shout out to the world, man, especially especially D.C., especially Southeast D.C., where I was born and raised at. I was I grew up uh, 951, 15th Street, Southeast. That's where I'm from. You know what I mean? I, I graduated yeah. from Eastern High School, 1977. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Oh, you went to Eastern too? Not in 77, but I was there. Oh, I'm quite sure, but you know what, smart ass? I'm just <laughs> God bless you, man. That's what's up, man. One time for the Ramblers, you know what I mean? So, um, shout out to D.C., man. That's why every time y'all see me, um, this is I made this hat right here, this 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 nap fitted that I wear with this curly W. This is part of my trademark right here. You know what I mean? I rock this all over the world because first and foremost, I want folks to know I'm from DC. Period. Not the DMV. I'm not from DC, Maryland, and Virginia. I'm from DC. I'm from Southeast or whatever <laughs> Southeast DC. I'm not from the South Side or the North Side. That's some country ass shit that the youngers don't come up with, right? For for anybody here that's listening right now, here's a little here's a little information. DC is broken up to into four quadrants, right or wrong, y'all? Correct? Right. Correct. That's why they call us and, and it's shaped like a diamond. That's why the youngers call us the Diamond District. But it's four separate quadrants: northeast, southeast, northwest, and southwest. Not north side and south side. That's some <laughs> shit they're doing in the south and the midwest and all that shit. You know what I mean? We are not in the country or none of that bullshit. You're either from southeast, northeast, northwest, or southwest. 
or you a Maryland Bama, or you from Virginia. <laughs> That's it. All that I north guess, side. I'm a Maryland Bama miss then. Me with the, miss me with that, because I'm from the old D.C., you know what I mean? Period. <laughs> Anytime you see me, you know what I mean? This is what it is. Southeast is in the damn house. Period. Yeah. We keep getting the question. Where, where is Saco? Where <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's up, Saco? I'm sorry. I said, what's up, Saco? Where you been at? I, well, I mean, you know, I've been hanging around. You know, I've been listening to the interview and this and that. Like, you know, uh, hey, just understand this right here. Wherever the legend is, I'm never too far away. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> that part. Yeah, that part right there. Yeah. How's everybody doing today? Y'all good? You corona free? Definitely. I hope so. How have you been doing? I've been great. Like, well, first of all, I'm not taking a shot because I don't need it. I'm immune. You know what I mean? So I don't have them kind of problems like y'all humans be having. And uh, as a matter of fact, the legend uh, told me that he's not a big fan of the shot either. <laughs> I'm good. See, the legend, okay, let me tell you something about the legend, right? He is on a very, very, and has been for many years, a very strict natural health remedy diet. All natural stuff, like, you know what I mean? Curcumin, turmeric, uh, uh, black sea oil. You know, all of that. CMOS, he's been on CMOS for a long time. So that's why he can say he's 63 and set up here looking like he's 43 or maybe to the young girls, maybe 23. But I don't mess with no young girls. Well, he don't mess with no young girls. He ain't no damn pedophile. Come on, man, don't get it twisted. I'm just saying, young girls be trying to holler. And they be like, yo, I got a daughter your age. Like, back up, little girl. Like, for real, for real. Just be a fan. But anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just running off a little bit. But yeah. We ain't taking that shot. I'm sorry. You got missed me with that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm right there with you on that one now. Yeah. Like for I'm not I'm not I'm not with it either. Exactly. So you said you mentioned the CMOS thing though, right? So you've been taking yes. CMOS for a long time too, right? Yes, yes. So yes, what's yes, the difference? Baby, baby. What's the difference in the sea mosses? Because a lot of people are getting sea moss nowadays, and it's not the all natural or you know the one that we're supposed to be taking. So can you break that down for us? Ah oh, man, well, I'm, well, hey, you know, I'm not Dr. Savior, I'm not like that. I'm just Sako. But anyway, what I can say is this: um, I guess I mean maybe you had to do a little bit more research on that right there because there's so many levels to that joint. You know what I'm saying? And I, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a CMOS expert and this and that. I just know that you want to make sure you take the natural CMOS and try and, you know, break it down yourself. Like, they teaching people how to do it on YouTube and this and that. Like, you know what I mean? But, yeah. But I know it works. I know that part. I know it works. <laughs> how about that? It must work because you look the same. You haven't aged a bit. Me or the legend? Because, I mean... Both of you. Well, hey, like I said, I don't need all of that. I'm, hey, I'm psycho. Like, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be here after all of y'all asses is gone anyway. So, how about that? <laughs> That's facts. <laughs> anyway, yeah. 
All right, well, Taco, do you have any you have any <laughs> shout outs that you want to give to the people? You know, you got you got the stage. Okay. So don't forget to check out the legendary DJ Cool each and every Monday night on GoGo Radio Live, right? And uh, his program is called DJ Cool's Monday Night Live, and he does it every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m., right? It starts at 8, so don't be late, all right? Yeah, that's how we're going to do that part right there, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Taco, for coming through. And we also want to say happy birthday to the legendary DJ Cool, y'all. So make sure you guys uh, send him all of your love. Go ahead and put it in the comments. Happy birthday to DJ Cool. And then make sure you guys check out his show on Monday. It starts at 8 o'clock. So show him some love because he's going to be celebrating his birthday on show for the rest of the month. So... <laughs> <laughs> So don't okay. forget, don't forget, y'all. Everything right here on Go Go Radio Live. So tell everybody to download the app and make sure you follow us on all platforms. Go Go Radio Live, Party Mode Live, and DJ Cool. Where can everybody find you? Yes, thank you. Um, excuse me, Sarko. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can find me on social media at Legendary DJ Cool DC on Instagram and Facebook. Once again, at Legendary DJ Cool DC on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget DJ Cool's Monday Night Live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. It starts at 8, so don't be late. Yeah! So, yeah. <laughs> Sako is just too much. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to steal the spotlight. All right, well, Sako, thank you for coming on and being a part of the Party Mode Live crew. Yeah, oh, yeah, shout out to H2. Yeah, yeah. Where's H2 at? I, I, yo, I actually thought H2 was on the air with y'all, but I guess H2 is like the guy that's putting everything out. I, what position does H2 play with Party Mode Live? Yeah, that's, that's my question to you. He's the man behind behind the whole program. He's behind the scenes. He'll oh, pop in a little later. Exactly. Exactly. He's, he stays behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Well, I call him H2. I know y'all call him. I know what y'all call him. But DJ Cool calls him H2 because Henry Hayes and his two exactly. and yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, again, we like to thank you both for coming on. To party mode live and officially being the party before the party. Thank you guys yes. so much for tuning in and joining in and and just entertaining us and blessing us with your presence and your knowledge because I know I learned a lot and I hope that everybody else who was tuned in, even if they knew you from before, I hope that they learned something that they didn't know already. So Yes, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we're about to take a break, you guys. Y'all are tuning in to Party Mode Live, the party before the party, powered by GoGo Radio Live. DJ Rip. Peace. Let's go, y'all.